had the privilege of speaking with the winner of the Philadelphia Citywide Challenge, addressing health issues for today's millennials. Her name is Nicole Kinney. Her story, in so many ways, is similar to the challenges faced by many Black women, yet she is able to achieve despite self-doubts, and with the help of others, she is succeeding. Her story is encouraging and raises the possibility that put in the right environment with the proper support, we may all discover that there is a winner in all of us. I've broken down her story into four 20 to 30 minute segments for you to consider and then discuss with another woman, your daughter, or friend. Starting segment one, the formative years, not following the straight path. I'm from West Philly, born and raised, um, and I lived in Jersey for a little bit, but I came back to Philadelphia in 11th grade. And, um, and so I moved away sixth grade, so about sixth grade to 10th grade, I was in Southern New Jersey. Um, and then when I moved back in 11th grade, I came back to Philly and I lived in like the Overbrook section, which is still West Philly. And that was really a pivotal point in my life. And the reason was because in Jersey, we were actually one of the few black families in the neighborhood. And so, um, I experienced, I had an interesting experience being in spaces, not seeing many black girls, um, seeing black girls who really had all these goals and different ambitions, um, didn't really have a super strong support system. I have a very strong family, um, but in terms of like actual community. And so when I left New Jersey, if I'm candid, um, I almost left a shell of myself. I, I moved to Jersey a very vibrant mm. black girl and I came back a very shy, um, insecure black girl. Um, and I, I highlight that because I went to a school, Hallahan High School for Girls, which unfortunately closed this year. It was the first Catholic all-girls school in the country. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time outside of my family and in my church community that I had been surrounded by girls just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first time that I had teachers of every race who invested in me, who spoke sure. life into me. Sure. And so that was really pivotal. And that was the first time, and I know we'll talk about Hey Auntie yes. in the future, but when I really saw the power of women in communities of women, communities of girls, because I was a teenager at that time, um, as support systems, sure. um, people to help you thrive, laugh with, just do life with. And that has really just guided me in my work. Um, I have four, three younger sisters, so I come from all girls. Um, my mom and dad have been married now 39 wow. years. Impressive. <laughs> yeah, 39 years. Um, they met in college. Um, uh, we have a very close family. So my auntie is like my second mom. Her and my mom are very close. Yes. Um, and, you know, we just always, my mom just, and my auntie just always instilled in us. I am a woman of faith. So that, you know, I'm a girl with a purpose. I'm here uniquely equipped and designed to do special work. That was always instilled in me. Um, and yeah, so once I really came back to Philly in 11th grade, I would say that's when my life drastically changed because it was the first time I had those community of not even just black girls, but black girls, brown girls, Asian, all of them sure. who were just super quirky, fun sure. and smart. Sure. Um, and really just kind of gave me a new idea of 
who I could be both as a teenager and then sure. certainly in the future. What I find interesting is she said you had a strong family mm -hmm. support system, mm -hmm. but still mm -hmm. you felt that without that camaraderie of girls your age mm -hmm. that you lost something. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think especially too, and I think research shows that at some point your peer group has a lot more influence mm -hmm. um, on your identity and your sense of self. And that's why I have such a heart for Gen Zers yes. <laughs> right now yes. um, because social media, I can't even imagine what that feels like. But yeah, when you're not in community with other folks who have lived shared experiences, um, especially if you are someone who wants to do a lot with your life and kind of, kind of affirm that, it's challenging. And so did you know you wanted to go to college? Did you know? Yeah, you know. Smith is an interesting choice. Yeah, you know, so it's really interesting. Again, if I'm, if I'm going to be super candid, when I was in um, New Jersey, I knew I was going to college. That's something that I had seen. But my standards weren't that high. You know, <laughs> when I, and I'm just beyond, and that's just because of the environment I was in. Right. Um, you know, I knew I was going, but I never thought to like shoot for the stars. Yes. Um, when I came back to Philly was really the first time I was around black girls who were shooting for the stars. Okay, that yeah. were excellent. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And so then I was like, well, if they're shooting, you know, and I, and I should maybe even say about Smith, because it might be helpful, is I actually transferred to Smith my sophomore year. From? Uh, the college in New Rochelle which is a small um, liberal arts women's college in New York. The really interesting thing, and it's, you might hear it, it'd be like this recurring theme in my life, is I had already committed to college in New Rochelle. And um, I was still at Hallahan, and this is like the end of the year. And you know how guidance counselors would come in and kind of just promote the different colleges. Sure. Well, a woman came in to promote a college. I have no idea what college this was. And she and I just happened to talk. And I told her, well, this is the college that I decided to go to. And she said to me, have you ever heard of Smith? That's how I found out about Smith. It was this, this black girl, this black woman who was like a guidance counselor from another college. It wasn't Smith. Really? She's the one who said to me, have you ever thought about Smith? Do you know why she was suggesting Smith she, to you? I don't know. We were just I can't even remember that far. Okay. But I only mentioned that because... I went on to go to the college in New Rochelle. And Smith, I'm like, well, thank you for telling me, but I'm already, you know, I'm already going to another school. But I, I mentioned that because, so I went to CNR. What was really interesting, and I, and I think maybe it's helpful, remember when I talked about New Jersey, I was kind of reclaiming my identity that I actually was smart because I didn't feel like I was smart um, necessarily until I came back to Philadelphia. So it uh, wasn't a racial identity. I mean, it wasn't that you were having a struggle with, race per se mm -hmm. it was more of a female struggle no i would say both i i would say i would say especially when really to black women and black girls i don't think you can um separate the two i think oh i'm sorry no no uh, go ahead oh no 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 no, no. So my follow-up <laughs> yeah sure is mm -hmm. i would have thought given that you would have gone to an hbcu no, so what's fun, interesting is I did apply to, I got into Hampton. So I wanted to go to Hampton, but like a lot of folks, Hampton just didn't give me the most money. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. so let me be clear. Okay. Right. Yeah, so you're, okay. you're right. right. So, of course, you know, yes. I, in fact, I applied to Hampton and Spelman. I didn't get into Spelman. Yes. Um, Hampton, I got in, yes. didn't, get, didn't get enough money. Yes. On college, New Rochelle okay. gave me the money. So you Understood. follow, yeah, follow, okay. the, follow yeah. the money. I thank you for calling <laughs> that out. Um, but I only mention that in, in the story because when I went to College of New Rochelle, that is when I really excelled. 
I mean, I really took off there. And so my first year, my GPA was like near perfect. I had like a 3.9. Yes. Teachers were asking me to BTAs. They were yes. recommending me for everything. Got yes. moved to the Honors College. Yes. And so then at that point, I thought... And what was happening? What was happening to you that made the difference? You know, I'm a woman of faith. I don't know. It was just like, you need more preparation time. I, but it was also my teacher. It was just people were constantly investing in me. Sure. They were giving me opportunities and I was just excelling. And I think that fire was lit in high school. That 11th and 12th grade, I began to see myself differently and think differently. And then when I was at the college in New Rochelle and I'm continuing to be stretched, and then teachers are asked, professor asked me to be a TA. I'm like, huh? You know, and, you know, coming from a place where no one saw much in me and I'm now in these environments where people are seeing everything in me. That's right. Then that's when I was just like, blossomed. I did. I mean, yes. I really did. And that's when I realized, I said, you know what? Maybe I can try this again. So I decided to transfer. And when I decided. Because where you were wasn't I, a challenge. I wanted to be challenged more. I wanted to be challenged more and, and right <laughs> like that's the story of my life and so then um so when I began to think about schools again that's when Smith came up again I had applied to some other schools that were kind of more peer-to-peer -peer. and I had heard this woman say to me in high school have you thought about Smith and that's what brought me to Smith. So I had applied to Smith. I she planted a seed. She planted, literally. That's, that's why I have to kind of tell that story. Because people are like, how did you? And so I said, and it was very, I was scared to death because transferring to Smith is like slim to none. I mean, the chances of getting in are small. Um, but I figured, why not? I had applied to some other schools as well. My professors were ecstatic about writing recommendations for me. I thought like, you know, I thought it would be like, oh, I don't have time. Sure. They supported me and everything like that. And so December the 13th, I can't remember the year exactly, but I remember Drumline, it came out because I was going <laughs> to see the movies. I'll never forget this. And I was just so nervous because I was like, Nicole, why did you shoot that high? You know, whatever. And I remember they had called me, the admissions department calls you and they left a message on my phone. And I thought they were going to tell me, you know, you missed something in your application, you know, whatever. And they said, congratulations, you've been accepted. And my life really has taken off since then. So you started Smith as a sophomore. sophomore. Mm -hmm. First year sophomore. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the story continues. I know, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then you graduate mm -hmm. with a degree in government, government and, psychology. and psychology. Yeah. How did those two go together? Yes. I feel like they're like natural. I, I wanted to always be a lawyer. Um, and so my dad's a lawyer. Um, and so, you know, I thought I was going to be a lawyer as well. And Smith is a little different. Like um, other schools that have like poli sci. Mm -hmm. Smith doesn't have poli sci. It has like government. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like the same thing. Mm -hmm. But the, I've always been interested in what, how people think and why people do what they do. And I remember there was this book we read in our political theory class, and I hope I don't mis mispronounce it, but I, or mis I'm misremembering this, but I believe it's called um, Plato's Republic. And it was basically about the polis and the origination of the first city. And it talked about like all the different people who are in charge of making sure that this city operates um, in a way that the city can prosper. And this is theory. This is a poly theory course. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, who gets to decide how this city 
operates, you know? And if certain people are in charge and only certain people, you know, there was this real question I had about access. Mm -hmm. They had, there was this, this concept called philosopher kings. And these people were people in the city who kind of controlled the information Mm -hmm. that was available to people mm -hmm. and so for me that just was always fascinating to me first as someone who always wanted to affect change in my community that was more like the government aspect of me you know and advocating for folks who don't aren't fairly represented sure. but then the psychology part was well who gets the opportunity to do it you know and more importantly and what are the reasons for why they do do what they do or don't do what they do. So I think that's where my interest in public policy okay. came from because it's like, okay, it's not just a matter of policy, having good policies, but who's shaping these policies? How, why do they get to decide the policies? What's the framework that they're operating when it comes to these policies? And that why, why, why is why I really wanted to get a better understanding of just how people think and why they do what they do. And so... And so, yeah, it just, it just kind of... Okay, so you graduated with a double major. I read a double major. Mm -hmm. Thinking that I'm going to go to law school. <laughs> no, so the funny, here's the, the funny story is my first job out of undergrad, I was a buyer. I worked in, right, I, so here's another, right, my story is so fascinating. So I also love clothes. I love clothes. I love the way clothes can kind of express your identity. Yes. There's a whole thought process yes. to why I present myself yes. a certain way. Yes. And again, because and what I should say about Smith, in case it's helpful, I also spent a semester in Australia. I studied at the University of Sydney. So what were you studying? <laughs> oh, same thing, Gov and Psych. So I took okay. some like international business classes and all and those why, things. Why Sydney? Exactly. So <laughs> when Again, because I was thrived. The funny thing is when I went to Smith, and I remember because I think what you might hear is this constant expansion of just who I am and what I can do and constantly being in spaces. Or you realizing. Or me realizing. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I remember when I moved into my dorm at Smith, um, there were these girls talking. And I had traveled abroad, but only for like a week at a time, not for like a whole semester. And I heard these girls coming down and we had something called JYA, Junior Abroad. The girls are talking and she's like, you know, I'm about to go to Spain for a year. And I remember thinking when I moved in, I was like, oh, I could never do that. The idea of living away somewhere else for a year seemed far-fetched to me. By the time it got my turn to go abroad, my question was, how far away can I go and get the biggest bang for my buck? Mm, That's okay. what, that, and I had always, again, you think about seeds, always been fascinated with Sydney. The Olympics were in Sydney. Okay. You know, it was a beautiful place to go to Sydney. And I'm thinking in my mind, I can go to London anytime. I can go yes. to Europe on my own. Yes. Um, you know, but I was like, when's another time? Because you had to pay the same amount wherever you went. Okay. I was like, when's another time I can go to Australia? I had met another black girl also named Nikki. She was in, she went to Australia. And I think that I have to always give credit to Smith about. Because the longer I was there, the more, the less barriers I felt like I had. So I was just like, let's go. So, you know, I did it. So I say that all that to say my first job as a buyer, literally what happened, I love clothes. I love it as an expression. And we were looking for different jobs. And I went to my CDO, my develop, what we call it, career development sure. um, place, whatever. At this time, uh, they used to have books with like the HR managers and their emails. So I'm kind of old maybe. And... I saw this opportunity to work for Ross. I love Ross, you know? <laughs> so I was like, 
Mm-hmm. Let me just stop. stop. Sure, yeah. And so the thought of going to law school is like on hold, or it's it's faded at this point. Yeah, it might have just faded at okay. that point. Um, and, and this has nothing to do with government policy. It may have something to do with psychology. psychology. Mhm, mhm. So still just figuring it out. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm just figuring it out, and it just sounds really fun. Like you know, um, and it was just this book. And um, even on campus, I was always stylish. So that was just part of who I was. Um, So I went for it and I got it, you know, and that was wild, too, because I didn't know this at the time. Most times when you go into buying, you go to schools like FIT or the things like FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology or other fashion schools, because there's a whole like thing around being a buyer, you know, and things like that. And so. I say it's a favor. So you didn't have that. No. Mm -mm. So why do you think, in retrospect, they selected you? One of the things that they had always told me was just my passion. You know, my willing to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think they were always... And people have commented that for me. For me, I want to shoot for the stars. To show up in a place and be like, I'm here. This is what I can do. I think a lot of skills, the more that I learn, are transferable. Um, you know, so, um, and I should say, I didn't stay there long. I realized, you know, maybe this isn't for me, but what I think Smith taught me and continues to teach me is that there's no harm in trying. There's no harm in trying, you know, and it taught me a lot, um, even more as a black woman. And what I will mean by that is I didn't realize that there's there's few black buyers. Mm. I didn't know that. Cause I, I I was just like you know I was there so I worked in the fashion district, um and everything like that I went to showrooms brands, you know I did all I did all that and I re- then I realized to your earlier point that I'm probably being called in a different direction, but um I don't think any time is wasted, you so, know yeah. and so that exposure and my first job being in the heart of New York and what I also mentioned I tr- I commuted, so most people moved to New York yes not me. This is before it was in vogue. Now everybody has no problem commuting from New York to Philly. But for me, my dad would wake up every morning and at 5.30, he would drive me to the train station, get there about like 6. I would get to the office probably about 8.30. It was a two-hour door-to-door commute and then two hours coming home. I refused to pay New York prices. Yeah. I just refused. There was no way I was going to do it. For so how long did you do this? About like six or seven months. Wow. I did it. And obviously, it's it took a... It, well, I kind of did it again when I worked in D.C., but it was a little bit shorter. But I realized it wasn't sustainable. I couldn't bring my full self because I'm tired. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, but that in terms of, again, and I think when I talk to you about just like the role of like psychology and who has the power when it comes to information, mm-hmm. even when it comes to who's choosing the clothes that go in your store. Absolutely. Who's choosing how much it's being marked up? Sure. You know, there's I, not for, for not for this part, but there's a lot of things I heard while I was in that industry. You know, um, I'm a big thrift shopper. Yes. I refuse to pay market price. You know, because of what I see and what I know. So, um, and then interesting. Yeah, and very interesting. yeah. You and know, I should, I should okay. just say yeah. for those, this is not a visual, but if they could see you, mm-hmm. they would see that you are a very solid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the thing. I, I, I can look sharp on a dollar. Like <laughs> I know how much. A, I know quality, and that's something my auntie has taught me is quality sure. of fabric sure. and things like that. Sure. But then, does I know brand, so I know how much because I, I'm the one who so market, you know, market up. Exactly. Up. 
I know the markup. You <laughs> learned about markup. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you learned about the psychology of shopping. Mm -hmm. Because I think we all know we're paying overpriced. Mm -hmm. But that sort of makes us feel good mm -hmm. in, a, in a twisted type Absolutely. of way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And especially what that means for black folks as well. Self-value. Exactly. That's right. And, and what does it mean when you're actually purchasing from places that don't even necessarily even support you? Right. You know, right. so there was a lot so of... So you have that. to mm -hmm. be fairly secure where you say, absolutely. I can spend a dollar in that yeah. and I will look good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I will feel good. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't diminish it doesn't diminish way. Absolutely. And I understand that though. I'm really big. I'm, when I was at Smith, we took a class called Psychology of the Black Experience. And I, I think it's important because I do understand that a lot of us as black folks, that is sometimes going to be a source of identity and value for us. Yes. And I don't begrudge folks for that because yes. sometimes life can be so hard yes. that you want to feel, you know, so I understand that. But um, I think if you're aware of that and, and more importantly that you're aware that people market to that. You know what I mean? Yes, people pray, pray on, on it. Yeah, that's, that's the word. Right. They that's pray right. on they it. Take they take of advantage you. of it. Yeah. They take advantage of it. That's really when I was like, oh, no, I'm at the dollar store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so now back on track. Right, yeah. So yeah. you're a buyer. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I'm a buyer, and I just realized, you know what? This, this is it. It is probably in it. Um, so, yeah, so I just came back to Philly. I worked... Um, at an organization in Philadelphia called Innovation Philadelphia, and I worked there for about three years. And what was really interesting was at this time, Philadelphia was not the city it was now. So I think I was like in my mid-20s at that time. Um, and so Innovation Philadelphia was a city um, organization that was actually started by Mayor Street. So you could see this is a while ago. And their job was to really brand Philadelphia as a place to live, work, and play especially for younger professionals. Right. Because at this time, we had real brain drain. Yes. Folks will come here, then they're yes. out. New York, yes. D.C., nobody wants to be in Philly. And so what my job was, you know, we were starting to talk about the innovation economy. I think it was like Richard Florida or something like that. It was this whole concept, and people couldn't get themselves around, like, the knowledge economy and the tech economy, especially in Philadelphia. because people they couldn't know. No, and not at that time, because Philadelphia still, you know, we just didn't have that identity. That was, like, New York. That was, like... DC, that was like Silicon Valley, but that wasn't that wasn't Philly. But that was really what the 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 elected officials were trying to do though, because they wanted more companies here, they wanted the young professionals here, was the brand um Philly as a place where creativity was happening. And it was. Again, we, we talked about sometimes people don't know what's there. It was there. There's a vibrant always has been a vibrant creative community here. But I just say that to say one of my jobs was to create programs. And what I did specifically is I created programs for entrepreneurs and young professionals and creatives. And so I would create different events and things like that to basically connect folks in the community to the resources in the city. So one of the, like, so for instance, I don't know if they still do it, um, Center City Sips. Um, okay, they had launched it back then and it was like different um, bars would have like these special happy hours, like on Wednesday. And what I did is, for instance, like I would work with them and I will partner with a young professional organization. So I knew there'd be an influx of young folks coming to the bar. Yes. They could also learn about resources. And so... How would they learn just from networking? Yeah, and I would actually have the young professional orgs there. So like, for instance, I did like a young professional showcase one time where I was like, okay, I, we know we're having all these young folks here. Let, let's bring all the resources that are available to young folks. Because when you're young, you're a transit, tra yes. tra you're, you're a transplant. 
um, you just might not know that things are happening. So I have, I guess I should say, I've just always been a connector. I've always like saying, this is here, this is here. And what happened was I just started getting tasked with putting together more events. Like for instance, I did an event called MBA Meets MFA. Mm-hmm. I had, I, oh. I remember, so actually where I met one of my really good friends who's now an advisor for Hey Auntie, but I had heard because I guess me, I'm always listening. I'm sure. always hearing. Sure. And I was at a meeting and I heard like business folks saying they couldn't meet creative folks and creative folks saying they couldn't meet business folks. So I was like, yeah, two different universes. Two, yeah, and you're not going to cross paths, like unless there's a reason to. And so I created MBA Meets MFA. It's not here anymore. It was the, the Lowe's used to have a restaurant down there. I can't remember what it was, but that's where it was. It was wildly successful. So all that to say, I'm here I am learning, like, I don't even know how many years ago about the innovation economy, the creative economy. I'm creating programs. I'm connecting people. Um, and so that was really exciting. I was there for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still began to your earlier question, started to feel this real pull back to policy. Like, I really wanted to get back into doing this work. And I, I should say again, um, so you remember the woman mentioned Smith to me when I was at yes. Callahan. I began to, this might be helpful for someone who's hearing it, I began to look at grad schools to go to. And I had my list of grad schools, and they were all safe schools. And why grad schools? Because you felt a need to... Yeah, I just wanted to learn more about public policy, get more involved in, like, the and actual... And public policy. I did, you know, this, so this might be an interesting... I don't know how this is going to make sense, but I'll just share it because it might be helpful. Um, there was... I remember one day, because I, I didn't end up going to law school, I remember one day I was at an event. And I know this woman didn't mean any harm. And I don't even know if this is coming across with me talking to you. I have actually always been painfully shy. Right. (laughs) That's why I said maybe I have to share this. And a huge introvert. I mean, to the point that, like, talking in public and in class would give me palpitations. Like... That's why I feel like maybe I have to I have to share this because like maybe if it'll help one person. Share it because that is not how you present yourself now. No, no, but I still struggle with it. But I kind of have learned how to push past it. But but I just want to say so. For instance, so I said to say so. I was also always very shy and very quiet, even though I'm in environments that obviously don't support that. And but I I just had to say I was at an event and this um. I wasn't talking because I was like, you know, I'm just shy or whatever. And this woman had said to me, well, what do you want to be? And I had told her I want to be a lawyer. And she said to me, how are you going to be a lawyer if you can't speak? And from that moment, I said, I'm not going to law school. <laughs> not, I'm going to learn to speak. <laughs> no, no. It was like, it, it almost felt like, um, it almost felt like, um, like, if I have to be, in some ways, doing what I'm doing now, um, you know, I'll just I'll just do something else, you know? And so, I thought that I could... That's living with our limits. Ex- yeah, yeah. I thought I could kind of get away from then having to be this public face in person and yes. speaking and being called on. Yes. It's like, okay, if I'm this one, go to law school. So, that was just something I just was like, you know, that's all. Um, so... So I say that to say going to policy too just also seemed like a more like not a safer but it didn't seem like um 
it wasn't as like at the Socratic method. That's all I was afraid of. Like my dad would talk about, you know, the Socratic method. And, but I was really also getting really just, again, oh gosh, I'm sorry. Things are just coming back to me. When I was in Smith, my, my favorite class, I can't believe I missed this, was race and public policy. Mm. My favorite, when I tell you like I aced everything, like it was a class where I felt the most comfortable. It's a mm-hmm. class where I learned about the NAACP, like mm-hmm. in full detail. Mm-hmm. When I really learned about laws and policy and how they impacted and shaped our experiences. So again, that was planted, but I don't think it was until like this time where I was like, maybe I should go and pursue policy to do some more like meaningful work around my communities. Something that I'm definitely interested it's in. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so. And which might be helpful is also the recession too, you know, so, so, Mm -hmm. so, but I just had to say, so I'm thinking about all the schools I want to go to and, um, a friend of mine from Smith and and this might remind you when I talk about Hallahan and the network, because Smith was the same way. I was around these super smart, incredible women who just kind of operated at a different level. And I remember telling a friend of mine, she was like, um, um, that I want to go to get my degree in policy. And she was like, oh, you need to talk to my sister. Her sister was at Harvard. That was the other thing. Like when I was younger, knowing someone from Harvard was like, whatever. Yes. By the time you got to Smith, it was like Harvard, Yale, whatever. Like not whatever, but it was more normal. Yes. So I remember talking to her sister at Harvard. And I'll never forget to this. I was telling her the schools I was going to go to. And she said, you need to aim higher. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Okay, so I just heard it, you know, she said that to me. So long story long, when I was at Innovation Philadelphia, because I had not even thought about Hopkins, like, it wasn't kind of like Smith, it wasn't re- even though I'm constantly stretching, it wasn't still kind of on my, mm-hmm. on my thing. And um, I was sent because I was doing all these events, I was sent to an event, um, somewhere here in Philly around black businesses. And it was a breakfast. And I go to this event and I sit at this table. There's only one other person at this table. It's a gentleman. And I'm, I start talking to him. And I said, oh, you know, he's like, you know, ask me questions. Older, older guy. And he says, um, I said, yeah, I'm thinking of going to grad school, you know, for my, for my policy degree. And I think I told him my schools. He's the one that said to me, have you heard of Hop- Have you considered Hopkins? That's when I replied to Hopkins. <laughs> like, like, like Sam, when, he's, when he said that to me, I was like, Oh, okay. So I heard that. I heard this other friend say, aim higher. Right. And so, you know, again, I had my safety schools. Yes. I had some other schools that I aimed yes. higher. I didn't get in, but I, I got into Hopkins. I still remember what happened with Hopkins. Professor called me. I was in a meeting, you know, to tell me that I, similar to Smith, mm. that I was accepted. And so, yeah, so then I moved to Hopkins and then I started my policy career there. Baltimore.